You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Neverland Podcast, episode 83. It's an Independence Day weekend here in Neverland. I'm so happy you have come along one more time. We're going to have a great kind of patriotic time. Where We'll do some of our normal type of things, but uh, we're going to do a lot of patriotic type of things from the parks, from outside the parks, a little bit of Captain America. We're just going to have some fun and just kind of celebrate the fact that we live in this country. And if you don't live here in, in America, well, uh, I think you might still enjoy some of the music and some of the stories we'll share. And also, I uh, do have some interesting news things that I do want to talk about. Uh, so let's get started. Now, do you have your pixie in your pocket? You're supposed to keep her there, you know. You're supposed to have the pixie in your pocket. That's that good, young at heart, young attitude that uh, I would love for you to be able to keep during the week. And I try to keep it during the week. Uh, but you got to have that pixie in, in your pocket so you can take her out, spread some of that pixie dust around, grab your happiest thought, and we'll take flight to Neverland. But of course, before we take flight, I do want to remind you to visit us any old time you like at NeverlandPodcast.com. That's where you can find all the fun, all the information about the Neverland Podcast, including our sponsors and also our Patreon link, how to join the Neverlanders, our voicemail line, 816-226-6492 and of course don't forget our Twitter page Neverland PCAST and our Facebook page is under Neverland Podcast and don't forget you can always email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com you'll also find links to our iTunes and Stitcher pages so you can give us a fun fair and honest review and we do enjoy those reviews so please go ahead and send them in any fashion and if you enjoy the show uh, I love hearing about it and, uh, well, without further ado, let's get on with some very interesting movie news. Your attention, please. Disney movie news. Well, it has happened. We officially have a new Spider-Man. Tom Holland, a British actor, a young fella. My goodness, uh, I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but they were aiming for a, a teenage-looking Spider-Man. Again, uh, I think we're... I'm Personally, I'm done with a teenage Spider-Man. Uh, I... <laughs> Most of my Spider-Man reading, he was in college, and my goodness, they, he was in college even in the 60s, uh, you know, his first decade. They didn't spend a whole lot of time with him in high school there, you know, he's moved on into a college, he spent a lot of time in the college, and, but he's been an adult uh, and through the comics, but uh, they're bringing him in as a teenager again, but uh, yeah, I have my own issues apparently. But alright, so Tom Holland, a British actor, the second British actor to play Spider-Man, because of course he was previously played in those other movies, The Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2, by a British actor. And, uh, you know, some people would probably wonder, okay, why we keep casting British people as American iconic superheroes, because Superman's currently played by Henry Cavill, another British actor. It's kind of interesting that's happening, uh, because I, how... 
do you ever think that Britain would allow us to cast an American to play, say, James Bond or to have ever played Harry Potter? I know J.K. Rowling was very adamant that she didn't want to have any American actors playing her roles in any of those movies. So they're very fussy about that. Apparently we're not that fussy around here because we'll cast British people here to play our American heroes, which actually leads me to another thing. Uh, I don't know if they've cast for Captain Marvel yet. But I would love to say Yvonne Strahovski. Uh, for those of you who are fans of the old series Chuck, she was on there. Uh, she's done a few movies since then. Uh, she's coming up on Astronaut Wives here, I believe, on ABC. Uh, very pretty, very blonde lady. Uh, but she's able to do some action. So you know what? I think she'd be awesome in the Marvel Universe. And I know she can do an American accent. And I don't really have any hang-ups over uh, having an Aussie. Well, although she's a Polish-Australian. Uh, coming in to play an American character if they're really good at it. So I, I try not to get hung up on these sort of things. But... Uh, Tom Holland apparently had been doing some things showing that he had some athleticism and was, you know, trying to get himself cast and really kind of pushed for trying to get in there. Uh, but people have been talking to Kevin Feige about the, the casting news and how they were coming around to it. And they did a testing process where they had to read opposite uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, where they're going, where they're currently, I think, uh, working on filming Captain America Civil War. And he did some screen tests with Iron Man and, of course, with Chris Evans, Captain America, as well. Uh, because the first time we're really going to see him is going to be in Civil War before Sony gets to release a solo film. Although I believe Marvel Studios will be the ones mainly making the film, which I'd say was probably going to be a good thing. So I'm hoping these are going to be good. Um, so... I have some hopes that, you know, you know, last time they rebooted it, uh, I was skeptical before I saw it, and I did like the first one, and I actually did like the uh, second uh, Amazing Spider-Man film. Not sure what they're calling this next one, but I have heard they're possibly calling it the Spectacular Spider-Man. And perhaps with the Marvel Civil War movie here, we're going to not have to go into an origin story for Spider-Man, because I'm pretty sure everybody knows it now, and I think a lot of people uh, would not be interested in coming back for another origin story. Uh, but speaking of weird things going on with Spider-Man, uh, in the Marvel comics, it seems with the Secret Wars that's going on and the new Marvel uh, version of things, uh, the new, all new, all different Marvel as they're calling it, uh, Peter Parker is not going to be the Spider-Man. Uh, he, well, <laughs> basically, he's going to be Iron Man. Uh, it, they've really been messing with Spider-Man and I'm really saving a lot of money no longer buying those comics. I've had enough. Uh, but they really kind of mess with things by having uh, Dr. Octopus take over Peter Parker's mind and take over his body and become the, the superior Spider-Man for a while. And during that time, he founded a scientific business in which Peter Parker, after he gets his own mind back, finds himself CEO and owner of this company, uh, which that they're expanding with the uh, the all-new Marvel, is they're going to focus on him being this now, you know, wealthy entrepreneur, you know, having his own business, going to be driving the Spidey Mobile, has a new costume designed by Alex Ross, which is pretty cool, uh, and it is very similar to the, uh, the traditional and classic. Uh, so he's going to be uh, some sort of uh, bigwig kind of thing, and just completely opposite of what Spider-Man has been uh, throughout uh, the years, where he's always been a regular guy and always struggled with having a regular life and balancing that regular life with being a superhero. Uh, that's what makes him interesting. Uh, so they've taken everything interesting really away from him. And in place of him, we get Miles Morales, who was known as Ultimate Spider-Man in the Ultimate Universe. Uh, pretty much because diversity is the 
name of the game these days. Uh, so he's got a Hispanic name and an African-American appearance. And, of course, he's a teenager again, which seems to be the angle they're going for. He is going to be the Spider-Man, and I'm going to be skipping it because I really don't care. You know, Miles Morales, I know he's got fans, but can't he be a different character? Does he have to be Spider-Man? Because I like my Spider-Man that I grew up with. So, but I guess they're not making it for people my age anymore. They don't care if they lose our business, I suppose. Uh, but that's just me and having my own little rant. But, uh, yeah, I'm saving a lot of money by not buying Spider-Man comics. But uh, Marvel has been doing a wonderful job with Star Wars comics. And uh, although money has been tight lately and I haven't picked up a few things, the new Lando Calrissian comic is coming very soon. And I'm definitely planning on picking up a copy. There's already pre-orders going for that one. It's going to sell like hotcakes. Uh, so I recommend go to your nearest comic shop and put yourself in an order right now and now it's time for a little movie review there'll be spectacle there'll be fantasy there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see yeah we're gonna be a movie starring everybody and me when i wish i were you people seeing this for the first time kermit i got a great picture of the chicken oh good I look at each of you, and I see the marks of this long and terrible war. If we die tonight, mankind dies with us. The machine sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. Sir. Let me save her. What you're doing right now, this is the end of the war. Time me going back to her, she was scared and weak. Take care of her for me, Kyle. John sent me here to save you. From the Terminator that was sent back to kill me, I know, but we already took care of him. We? I've been waiting for you. The time John sent you to, it no longer exists. Everything's changed. We can stop Judgment Day from happening. Gwen! Where is he? I'll be back. What?
Okay, so I took some time out yesterday to go see Terminator Genesis. Now, I know this is not a Disney movie, so all of you who are saying, this is supposed to be a Disney show, well, it's also a nostalgia show, and it's things we grew up with, and I'm pretty sure if you're close to my age, you grew up seeing Terminator movies, right? Uh, or at least those first two we have really good memories of. The third one I really didn't enjoy, and the fourth one I thought was pretty good. But if you didn't like the third or the fourth one at all and thought they shouldn't have made them, I think this would be a good movie for you. I don't want to get into any spoiler stuff on here, but uh, you could go into this movie just figuring, you know, if you just took canon of the first and second Terminator films and jump straight into this one, you would be just fine because it doesn't line up with a lot of the events that happened in the third and fourth Terminator films. Uh, but it does give a very good reason for after in the second Terminator film when they thought they had destroyed Skynet, it does give a good and solid reason for Skynet to still come online and uh, eventually wipe out humanity. So, uh, you know, very well explained. Uh, now, there was a bit of a spoiler in one of the trailers. Now, I did not see the trailer, but after seeing some people on Facebook who saw it sooner than I did, they kind of spoiled a detail that I'm not going to get into, but uh, if you saw it in the trailer, uh, it's a bit of a shocker. It's something uh, kind of an unexpected type of thing, if I hadn't already had it spoiled. It's something that really puts the series a little bit on its head, but it was still very interesting, very compelling, uh, and very good storytelling. And it is a lot of uh, good throwback to the original Terminator film because, you know, we start going with uh, Kyle Reese as he's going back to 1984 and suddenly everything's different. Now there's a few things that I'm going to explain because we do have an alternate timeline and we know that alternate timeline was started by a T-1000 and a T-800 being sent to 1973 when Sarah Connor is only nine years old. Of course the T-1000 is there to kill her, the T-800 decides to protect her and ends up in a very interesting uh, storyline, uh, basically becoming a father figure to Sarah Connor as she grows up. So this is a this is a very different Sarah Connor than what we saw from the original 1984 version. This is more the T2 version where she's already toughened up and uh, ready to fight a machine if she has to. But uh, we get some interesting character things with uh, the what is become known as Pops to Sarah. She calls him Pops. That is her, her Terminator. But uh, we do get to see some very interesting notions that uh, even as a machine that's basically designed for killing, uh, he does pick up a few human type of traits and he does care for Sarah and does think of her as his daughter, which leads to some very interesting bits with... Uh, you know, when Kyle Reese is there, there's a, there's definitely a tension of, you know, well, you're the uh, the boyfriend and I'm the father and I don't really like the boyfriend kind of thing, you know? And so you do have some moments like that that are very fun, uh, but uh, a lot of interesting characters pop up and they're not, I wish they'd have done more with, like J.K. Simmons, has, you know, you know him, of course, mainly, I think, from the Spider-Man films, you will know him best uh, as playing J. Jonah Jameson. That's why I'm always going to, he, he's going to be my favorite for that. But uh, he's in there as a police officer who has been investigating for 30 years these disappearances and these orbs. And he's the quickest to believe the time travel is actually occurring uh, because from 1984, the uh, it turns out that there's a time machine that uh, the Pops Terminator and Sarah have been working on to what they plan to go to 1997 to stop Skynet from ever happening because that is when Judgment Day has happened now in the new timeline uh, from their perspective. Of course, from the original T2, we know that it's also, it was supposed to have happened in 1995, uh, but from their perspective of their timeline that they're on, it's 1997. Uh, from the perspective of Kyle Reese coming in, though, 
he's got memories of being a child and the Skynet coming online as a program called Genesis, an operating system that connects your phone, your tablet, and the military, and all kinds of stuff that happens in 2017. So, as it turns out, they need to time travel forward to our future in 2017. And it's very believable that some sort of massive operating system that could connect all of your devices that we have now with your phones and tablets and computers and all your you know, all these devices, very interesting to say that one controlling computer program of some sort could control all of that and be so powerful that they'll even let the military have control of it. And Skynet actually gets to become a character. But now, if, I, if a lot of my weird extra things of mentioning different timelines sounds interesting to you, well, heck, there's a lot of conversation that you're going to have from Arnold Schwarzenegger in here uh, as being Pops, where he tries to explain the time things, and Kyle Reese, of course, just doesn't understand it, and it really sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook to us. But for us that are Doctor Who fans, we always just think, oh, well, that's that wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey kind of thing. And funnily enough, we do have one of the Doctors from Doctor Who. Uh, in fact, Matt Smith has a very interesting role in this film, and I did not know he was in it. So it was very interesting to see him, and I thought it was funny to have all these wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey type of things, and to have an actual Doctor in the cast. Uh, and he's got a very interesting role that I'm not going to tell you what that is. But uh, suffice to say, this was a fun film. This was very entertaining. Uh, it uh, had some good, heartfelt type of moments. It's interesting to see the Sarah Connor Kyle Reese relationship. They're meeting now kind of in slightly different circumstances, and Sarah is not quite the Sarah that he was expecting to meet. As we saw, like in the, the original 1984 film, he kind of knew all this stuff about her Kyle, because uh, John Connor had told her, told him everything about his mother. Uh, knowing, of course, that Kyle was his father, but not letting that on. But that leads also some interesting story bits where they have to tell Kyle, oh, by the way, you're John Connor's father. Yeah, that guy that uh, saved you when you were a child. And uh, A lot of fun stuff. Definitely recommend seeing it. It's definitely a good, fun summer popcorn fair. Uh, so definitely goes on the recommendation list. And I think I will probably be picking this one up when it comes to Blu-ray. Now I have a little bit of game news. Uh, this is a little bit disappointing. Somehow or another, I missed this. There was a vote for Disney Infinity 3.0 to have either an Olaf playable figure or Darkwing Duck. Now, had I known, I would have been on here and telling you all Darkwing Duck. Everybody, quick, vote for Darkwing Duck. But I didn't know, and so we weren't able to act, and the Frozen Fanatics came out in droves, and Olaf has been chosen for Disney Infinity 3.0 over Darkwing Duck. <sighs> I wish they'd let it go. I mean, Olaf will be, I guess, fun to play with, but what's he going to do when the, when you're battling the baddies? Try to hug them? Throw snowballs at them, I guess? I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do with them. It'll be, I'm sure it'll be fun to have Olaf in there, but I really would rather have had a Darkwing Duck. But perhaps they'll uh, let us have both. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let go of the possibility that the, they'll hear maybe some outcry from us and get us a Darkwing Duck, because how fun would that be? Of course, my leanings, uh, you know, with a 4.0, it was revealed that the guy who's you know, kind of running Avalanche Studios is really a fan of Captain EO and really would like to do a Captain EO, to which I've got to say, can we maybe have 4.0 be a Disney Parks version? So maybe you have a playset of the Haunted Mansion and some characters related to that. Uh, could you imagine maybe a Figment Figures and the Dreamfinder? Uh, all the different possible playsets that you could have and all the characters you could get from those Disney Park ride and things. And then maybe for some uh, Toy Box exclusives, the Disney Afternoon. You pull some characters from the Disney Afternoon. 
How much fun would that be? Now, I, this is something, of course, I don't know that this would ever happen. This is just me wishful thinking. This is, of course, me, uh, I don't know if you'd call it uh, backseat imagineering uh, because this is a game. But uh, I, this is what I think would be fun for the 4.0. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But, you know, we don't know what's coming. Right now we're still anticipating 3.0 with the Star Wars editions, which looks fantastic. And it's coming to your consoles. Actually, I'm hearing word that it's coming in August. I've barely got started with the second one. <laughs> There's still so much to do. But here comes 3.0. Well, uh, as things are sitting now, well, it looks like we need to check in with the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. Disney music fans, the time has come. It's the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. Your vote will determine this year's top five Disney songs. Vote now at poll.neverlandpodcast.com. That's P-O-L-L dot neverlandpodcast.com. And listen to the Neverland Podcast to see which Disney band rises above the competition. All right. Now, I put some heavy hitters against each other this time. The Disney Anna Park Club Band, however, did pull a victory over the rivals, the Muppet Mayhem. Uh, it was four to nothing on that one. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, we pit the Renaissance Band against Pixar, uh, mainly because I was looking at the concept of, you know, here's the last of the hand-drawn animation and the beginning of computer animation. And uh, as it turns out, everybody really still loves those Renaissance bands and those songs from those 90s films. And so Pixar still has yet to gain a victory in this tournament. And I know everybody loves Pixar songs, but maybe they're just not as classic to us as some of those Disney songs. But speaking of classic Disney songs, the classic animation songs, which, you know, animation looked like it was doing strong with the Renaissance band having a pretty good victory over Pixar, but it turns out everybody likes those live-action songs over the classic animation ones, and it might have something to do with Mary Poppins having at least two songs in there, because uh, we do love our Mary Poppins songs. So the only uh, live-action song that did not score a victory was the, from a movie that was never released. That's right, from Who Discovered Roger Rabbit, This Only Happens in the Movies was the only live-action song that did not win out over classic animation this time. But um, things are going to get interesting. For the next two weeks, because uh, I'm afraid next week we will not have an update for the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands, uh, because I will be out of town. Uh, so I will not be able to update it. I am going to try to put together a show and be able to have it for release next week. And uh, so we'll definitely have some fun for next week, but there will not be an update. Instead, we will have two weeks of infighting. Yeah, it's with the craziness that happened with the judges last week. With the, you know, They applied something called the Rule of Seven, and there was some outcry. of 113, and... Uh, well, the bands that are kind of at the lower end of things are really getting angry and don't know where to put the blame. Uh, so they're actually looking to uh, fire some members of their bands. Uh, so if you go over to poll.neverlandpodcast.com, you can take a look. Vote for your favorite members in each of those bands, and they'll be able to keep their job. But, you know, whoever's at the lower end of the totem pole will likely be replaced. Uh, and, you know, I guess these bands are hoping that maybe with a replacement member, it might boost up their uh, their scores a little bit. Uh, so it's going to get interesting. So this isn't really round five. There's kind of an infighting going on, and uh, 
we'll see what happens and this will hopefully get resolved and you know this happens in bands all the time you know there's when you got a lot of creative people in one room and they're all you know, have different ideas of how things are going you've seen spinal tap right okay you know we're having a stonehenge moment <laughs> we'll just call it that we're having a stonehenge moment and you know so there's a little infighting but you know in the end it all kind of works out you know as long as your drummer doesn't uh, spontaneously combust Are you a fan of ducktails, gargoyles, or tailspin? Then boy, have I got a podcast for you. Hi, I'm Jason, host of DAF Radio. And I'm Matt, the co-host. Join us as we talk about these fan favorite shows that you grew up with and meet the people that made them. Find us at DAFradio.net or in your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, enjoy the afternoon. All right. And now it is time for part seven and the opening day of Disneyland. We're running close to the end of that. This is all, of course, in celebration of Disneyland's 60th anniversary. Okay. In just 35 seconds, we'll explore all the magic wonders of Fantasyland and meet the immortal Mickey Mouse, Snow White, Cinderella, Peter Pan, and a host of others on Dateline Disneyland. This is ABC Television Network. Now the plaque reserved for last. Dedication for the happiest kingdom of them all, Fantasyland. Here is a world of imagination, hopes, and dreams. In this timeless land of enchantment, the age of chivalry, magic, and make believe are reborn and fairy tales come true. Fantasyland is dedicated to the young and the young in heart, to those who believe that when you wish upon a star, your dreams do come true. This is Ronald Reagan again, and I'm very happy now to show you these young people. Since Disneyland opened, these children have been eagerly waiting to cross the moat for a wondrous trip through the Disney imagination. They'll be the first children to enjoy the Fantasyland rides, every one of which recreates the adventures of characters Walt has immortalized in films.
I know you've probably already shot all of your fireworks by the time you're hearing this, but it's still part of an Independence Day weekend, and so we're going to have some fun with some uh, some Independence Day audio, uh, some great music from Disneyland Parks. Uh, in fact, I'm going to re-air uh, some audio we've already shared before from when Jesse was at Friends of the Magic, but uh, when they... They lower the flags or whatever. At the, I forgot what they have a name for it. But uh, it's always fun to listen to. There's some other patriotic uh, events and things that have gone on in the Disney parks that I'd love to share the audio with you. And also, let's have an adventure from an old recording of a Captain America storybook. Uh, this sounds like fun, doesn't it? And uh, just to help us keep the spirit of the holiday and to never take for granted the freedoms that we have living in America. And hopefully freedoms that you also have if you're not living in America. But without further ado, let's just sit back, relax, and enjoy some audio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Disneyland Resort All-American Convent is proud to invite you to join our march down Main Street, USA, as together we celebrate America.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Please join us in Town Square as we salute our country with an American melody written by the original Yankee Doodle Dandy himself, George M. Cohen.
And now we hold for the evening until the rising of the new dawn. Let us observe the retiring of the colors.
Records presents Captain America and the Falcon in And a Phoenix Shall Arise. Captain America and the Falcon on Night Patrol. Hey, Cap. What's with you, partner? You're moping around like you just lost your last friend. But you definitely ain't. Not while I'm around. What? You'll have to run that by again, Sam. I'm a bit slow on the uptake this evening. Some nights it just gets worse than others, that's all. Some nights it just gets worse. Worse? What gets worse, Cap? Now I'm the one who doesn't follow. I can't shake it tonight. The feeling that I'm a walking anachronism. A guy who looks like he's 20, even though he was fighting Hitler's horde some 30 years ago. Huh? Now what made that old bugaboo creep up on you all over again? A lot of things, maybe. All adding up. I guess it started when I fought the madman who took my place during the 50s. Okay, okay. So you were on ice for 20 years. But why pick tonight for this out-of-my-time jazz to get you down? I don't know. It's just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen, but I don't know what. Frankly, Shield Slinger, we don't know either. But we'll all find out together. Now. Falcon! Duck! Ah, that's what I call cutting in close. You okay, old buddy? Feeling no pain. Not yet, anyhow. But if that big bang had come one inch nearer, what was it, anyhow? Some kind of ray? Sure looks like it. We're both lucky it didn't. Luck had nothing to do with it, Four. Cap, look, up there. I see, Val. I see. Do you? Do you really? Then know that your treacherous eyes gaze upon the face and form of the phoenix. Know, too, that you'll not escape my vengeance. Vengeance? Is that dressed to kill dude an old sparring partner of yours, Cap? Negative, chum. I thought he was one of yours. Such wit in the face of adversity is admirable but futile. Feel the fury of the phoenix now! I'll keep it occupied, Falcon. You get moving. On the double. But even as laser-like beams blast still another hole in the crumbling rooftop, Sam Wilson's ever-alert mind is already light years ahead of his fast-churning feet. Go like a bat, Red Wing! Why I'm bothering to run it doesn't take an instant replay to see what that maniac is up to. Namely, he's firing just in camp. As far as he's concerned, I'm not even here. Well, I don't know who that cat is or why he's got a hate on for camp, but I sure aim to find out. So, Birdman, you sneaked up on me from behind. Precisely the kind of tactics I should have expected from you. Save a conversation, because I'm not behind you now, flame face. Out of my way, fool! This is good enough for you. Ah! As for you, my red, white, and blue foe, I've no desire to kill you. Not right now. Not when I can make you suffer all the more by slaying the one you call the Falcon. Sam stunned. No way to reach them in time. So watch, my friend, watch and grieve. Eh? My weapons charge exhausted? Then your just desserts must wait, Captain America, until we meet again. Perhaps tomorrow. I'll be waiting, mister. He's agile. I'll say that for him. Uh, I've been known to do a little rooftop leaping myself in the approved superhero manner. Hope it'll do me some good against the so-called Phoenix. You all right, Sam? You must be getting tired of asking that question, Cap. One thing's clear, though. Namely, that I'm getting to be a real drag in the masked sidekick department. I wound up being nothing more than a hostage. 
If I hadn't been here... That madman could still have picked me off. He just didn't want to, that's all. Okay, okay, you made your point. Now what? Had any second thoughts about who that might have been? Not yet. I've had a lot of enemies in my day, though. And you can bet your beak I'm going to spend the next 24 hours going over the list. Maybe the phoenix was just tossing me a red herring to keep me from guessing who he really is. But his taunts are the only lead I've got. Only thing is, Captain America's got more arch enemies than most people have relatives. Power-mad killers like the Red Skull. I thought he took the plunge a few months ago. But can I truly be sure he's dead? One thing certain anyway, it can't be Baron Zemo. He was a holdover from the big war, too. But a rock slide finished him off several years back. I all know, I buried him. Maybe the Viper. Dr. Faustus. Even Solar. Hmm. Wonder if it could be Solar. That death ray of his. It's possible. Not likely, though. Why would he use a rifle instead of his own sun-powered superpowers? There's only one way to learn the secret of the Phoenix. And that's by building a better mousetrap. With one slightly used defrosted shield slinger as bait. Been out for hours now, though. And no sign Hold up there, Cap. Me and Red Wing thought we'd come keep you company if you don't mind. As a matter of fact, I do mind. Huh? What's with you, partner? I just thought... Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But since you asked, I'll give it to you straight. I've been thinking about some of the things you said last night. And I've decided you are right the first time. The time you could have given me a helping hand was then. And you blew it. So go play with your pet birdie somewhere else, okay? Like the lady said, I want to be alone. Okay, partner. Any way you want to play it. You want alone, you've got to. I really hated to play that little number on Sam. Wow! But that Phoenix character wants me pretty bad, and I won't risk the Falcon catching one that's meant for Captain America. I've had a lot of partners in my time, and sometimes I think I've caused them a lot of grief. Those brave people putting their lives on the line for me. I'd better get back to business now, though, because if the Phoenix is still gunning for me, he can't help but see me up here. Captain America in Times Square! And Mom told me New York was no place to go for my vacation. He's gorgeous! He's still around? Are you kidding, mister? In my book, Cap's the greatest. Funny. I don't seem to get a kick out of the crowds the way I used to. I'd better keep looking. No sign of Phoenix, so it's time to hit the road. The gold cap searches everywhere. He finds nothing until... Hey, Dirt! That guy must have run into something to muss him up like that. And that something may be the Phoenix. He's after me. I've got to get away. Easy, fella. You can relax now. Captain America! Oh, thank God. What happened to you? Some costume nut with a ray gun just tried to kill me. He was raving mad, Cap. Said he knew I was you in disguise, that I couldn't escape his vengeance. That sounds like my man, all right. Uh, he was in the alley. Th that's him! It is Phoenix! And if he is as bananas as you say, I'm not taking any chances. It's not the real Phoenix. It's a robot. But that means... Oh, some kind of gas. It's filling my lungs, burning them. I can't get any air. <laughs> it worked. Once more, Captain America's helpless before the power of the Phoenix. 
But this time, you star-spangled swine, you will not escape me. This dirty little alley is your final battlefield. Let that thought penetrate your oxygen-starved brain, Captain America. But why? 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 When you've suffered as much as I have, you living relic, then you can ask that question, and the answer will come in the searing blast of my death ray. Who are you? Blackness descends. When Captain America opens his eyes next... You recovered from the gas far sooner than I had expected, Captain America. But still, not soon enough to save yourself. The chains, of course, are far too strong for even you to snap. What's behind all this, Phoenix? What madman's grudge do you have against me? I would have thought my identity would have become obvious to you, Captain. My namesake, the spirit bird of legend that rises from the ashes of its own destruction to live anew, the death ray I used to lure you into my trap, the boiling substance in the vat below you. Or don't you recognize that substance? Adhesive X. Adhesive X? It can't be. The villain who invented it died years ago. There's no way he could have survived. And you're years younger than he was. Of course I am, you fool. Because the man you call a villain was my father, Baron Zemo. The man you destroyed. What do you really know of the man you murdered, Captain? You hated him for his work on behalf of the Nazis. But my mother and I, we loved him. He was a brilliant man, working tirelessly for the cause of the Third Reich. And you Americans condemned him for this. And when he invented a marvelous laser device, your papers called it a death ray, and started an insidious propaganda campaign against its inventor. I remember it clearly, even today. The campaign worked. My father became the most hated man in Germany and had to wear a mask to conceal his face from those who would harm him. He was wearing it the day that you attacked him. He just developed adhesive X, the most powerful adhesive ever invented. Once applied, nothing could remove it. You were determined to rob the Reich of that discovery. Your shield crashed through the adhesive tank, spilling its contents. And in destroying the invention, you also destroyed the inventor. For the cursed mask he was forced to wear had become permanently fixed to his face, never to be removed. And that drove my father mad. Madness changed him. He even took his hatred out on his family. Then he left us, disappeared. Soon afterward, my mother died. Oh, I survived, but I was plagued by a burning hatred for one man. You. Then one day, I saw my chance. I returned to Castle Zemo. There, surrounded by my father's greatest achievements, I was determined to recreate his two greatest inventions, Adhesive X and the Death Ray, and use them to destroy Captain America. And, as you've doubtless noticed, my dear Captain, I've succeeded admirably. Give it up, son. You don't really want to continue a battle that should have ended 25 years ago, do you? Do you think a flowery speech will stop me now? You killed my father, and you're going to die for it in a boiling vat of adhesive X! What a rephrase that, sauerkraut. The Falcon! Good guess, Tucson. The name of your destroyer is Phoenix. Same difference. They're both in Arizona. Falcon, I left you back in the city. How did you manage to locate me here? Come on, Cap. You didn't really expect me to fall for that I want to be alone routine, did you? 
I put a certified shield tracer on your own grand old shield. Uh oh, I think I'm gonna be busy. Prepare to die, you flunky. Not that time, Archie. You can't escape my way for long, Falcon. You shall join Captain America in death. <coughs> what? The accursed bird? Looks <coughs> like Brother Red Wing has given me all the opening I need to put Son of Frankenstein away for keeps. Mm. You don't know it, man, but you're just what the Doc ordered. I needed something to prove that my partnership with Cap was still a good idea. And, baby, you're it! Falcon, ease up on him. He's not a real villain. Just a misguided fool still fighting World War II. It's no use. Sam can't hear me. But I can't let him injure the Phoenix. The war took too many lives, left too many hatreds unhealed. I can't let it go on. I've got to use all my strength as never before. Got to keep pulling and pulling until... Have to make it to the balcony. I'm only going to get this one chance. Oof! What's the matter with you, Cap? You want that nut to get away? Locking him up isn't the answer to 25 years of blind hatred. We've got to try to reason with him. While those fools are arguing, they've given me the opportunity to finish them off once and for all with Captain America's own shield. Turning your back on me was unforgivably stupid, Captain America! What? Don't be a fool, man! You don't know how to use my shield! You could... He ain't fired a cap! Guide my hand, my father, as I avenge your death! This, but just by a hair! But now it's heading back at the Phoenix! I... Dear God, I've got to try to save him. It's too late, Cap. Too late. The big war just claimed another victim, Sam. And I couldn't save him. Oh, Steve, it wasn't your fault. Wasn't it, Sam? The Avengers revived more than an out-of-sync soldier when they freed me from that iceberg. What do you mean, Steve? They revived a whole generation's hatreds. Hatreds that should have been left frozen a quarter of a century ago. Say it again, Sam. Say it isn't my fault. Maybe the second time, I'll believe it. Goodbye, Captain America. Till we meet again. Hey, you guys! <laughs> Never land feedback. All right, we do have some shout-outs this week, and these are very special shout-outs. Uh, I actually have some new Twitter followers that uh, these are <laughs> these are pretty big, and I'm going to see if maybe they'll come on the show. But I have David Sobolov, who is the voice of Gorilla Grodd in the Flash series on the CW. He's also going to be voicing Drax in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy animated series and has already voiced the character as the characters have made an appearance, I believe, in Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, so that's very cool, and I have asked him to maybe come on the show sometime because that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Uh, also, uh, I, I got a comment and uh, a follow from Jim Magon. Now, I'm not sure if this is the Jim Magon because I know there was a Jim Magon who was... Uh, kind of responsible for a lot of that happened on with the Disney afternoon and wrote some things. And I'm not sure if that's the same one or not. I'm going to have to look into that and find out if that is indeed him. Cause if so, we'll have to talk to him sometime too. And also Steven Stanton, um, He's he's just done everything. Uh, directing, an actor. Uh, he's currently doing work with Star Wars Rebels. Uh, he's definitely somebody else who we should probably have on to talk to him about some of his work as well. 
So, yeah, lots of fun going on around here on the Twitter page. Make sure you're following us because, of course, we do have our Marvel Mondays, our Turtle Tuesdays, and our Wayne Wednesdays, even if sometimes I run a little late with Wayne Wednesday. <laughs> it depends upon if something happens. Uh, now, next week, as I did say, uh, I am going to be out of town, but I will record a show and have it released hopefully on Sunday. Sometimes I have issues with Libsyn and they end up releasing things early, uh, but I'm going to try to get it up and ready to be scheduled for the following Sunday. Uh, although that means we will not have an update to the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. But that's okay, right? Okay. We'll, 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 we'll get by by just waiting for this infighting to end, but to, don't forget to participate and vote yourself to make sure that your favorite song or member of each band does not get fired. All right, well, with that, I'd like to say thank you for listening here to the Neverland Podcast, and uh, we're going to have fun again next week. We like to have some fun every week uh, with all of our fun guests and everything. Make sure you leave us a good review and let us know what it is that you're enjoying most about listening to the Neverland Podcast. But make sure you keep your pixie in your pocket, and by that, remember to keep that good, young at heart, good attitude that'll help you get through a lot of rough stuff that you're going to have to deal with this week, because that is what life is, is rough things that you have to deal with. (laughs) So, but keep the right attitude, and remember to share some pixie dust with somebody else this week. But until I see you next week, well, until you hear me again next week, God bless. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright Blue Band Productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license.